This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Steve Teal, Very Bold Radio and Podcast. We're going to pick up with part two of our interview with Pastor Paul Bunton. It's going to encourage and inspire you. So let's jump in and talk to Pastor Bunton. A friend of mine named Duke, I thought he was up too high because where he was on his mountain, he was up too high. I thought he was. Okay. I kept yelling at Duke, get down, get down. And he wasn't. He was sitting like kneeling and shooting. And I said, I'm shooting, and Vietnamese was charging. And we know we shooting at them. I moved over to, to push Duke down. Yeah. And when I went over that way, something picked me up and threw me right to the side. Mm. I didn't even know I was shot yet. Yeah. And I remember laying there mm. and I couldn't move. And Duke was uh, yelling and crying, saying, "I got a K here." He thought I was dead. So mm. I, got, I got hit in the head. Right in the back. Yeah. Or at least the bullet lodged in. Yeah. And I remember that sound. It was, it's like a buzzing sound, like a drill right through my, mm, my head. Yeah. And I couldn't move. But I was afraid to close my eyes because I felt my body lifting out of me. I, that's how I felt. Yeah. That's way it's like it was going. And I wouldn't close my eyes. And the fighting was still going on. Yeah. And so uh, Duke called some guys and said, I got a K over here. Mm. Wow. And I was trying to talk to him and tell him I wasn't dead. Oh, my gosh. But I, I couldn't say nothing. I couldn't move. Yeah. But both of them dragged, grabbed my feet. And Marines don't usually, they don't leave their bodies out. Yeah. So they dragged my feet. And when they pulled me and dragged me across this mountain is when I yelled. Wow. They say he's not dead, you know. Wow. They picked me up and took me to the chopper where they was medevacking us out. Yeah. Man. Gosh. And so uh, when they put wrapped me up in there, and I mean, I was crying. I, mean, I was just in pain. Yeah. And when they lifted me up, it's like I still wouldn't close my eyes. And as I was going up, I could see the whole battle. I'm just still fighting. I'm still shooting. Wow. But then when they got me on the chopper, <clears throat> they put bandages on my head. Um, that's when I remember going out. Because the next time I woke up, I was in the hospital. Yeah. And they said I was uh, out for about two, three days. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Then, then the the uh, doctor came to me when over to me, and he said, um, "He said, Marine, I'm gonna give it to you straight." Mm. He said, "If you live, mm. he said you lost a lot of blood. If you live, you won't walk again." Wow. Because I had four vertebrae shattered. Oh my gosh. On my spine. Yeah. He said you won't walk again. And, you know, I, I, you probably hear people say that sometimes when you're near death or something like that, traumatized, it's like your life flashes. Right. It does. Oh, it did. I'm telling you, yes. It did. Because I start thinking about my scholarship. Yeah, yeah. My family. hmm You know, the church. You know, just like that. Just yeah. flash. And he says, you won't live. You, If you live, you won't walk anymore. Whoa. That, but then after that, I was out. And woke up again. Yeah, I, I remember him saying, "I got we got go inside and get the bullet out." 
So they did have to go back on my skull and get iron on the bullet shattered. Yeah. And so I was in the hospital for, I, I can't remember, I don't even know how long. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get back to the States until almost uh, two or three weeks later. Mm. And But I was still, like, messed up. Yeah. So and I couldn't really, couldn't walk. But one night, again, this I'm squeezing a gallon to a pint. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I was in the bed, and I just remember every day as much as I was messed up. This side really was hurting, but I couldn't move nothing. Mm. But every day I was trying. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I got raised there, just trying to move something. Yeah. Then one one day, um, my legs shot up like that when I was what? in the bed. Was, now, here's, let me regress just a little. Yeah. When I was laying in the bed, you know, I was always on my back. And it was a light almost like this. Yeah. I said, I was leaning back, laying in the bed. And you can hear the noise. So was a, a lot of people from the unit was in that ward. And um, a face came and leaned over me uh, and it was a Filipino guy. Yeah. He just leaned over. At least that's what he looks like. He uh-huh. looked like. He leaned over and he said, and these words just stuck to me. Yeah. He said, you can be as sick as you want to be or as well as you want to be. Wow. That's just the words he said. Yeah. I never saw him again. Wow. Yeah. Now, he wasn't white because I'm saying because not that he was an angel. I'm not saying that he wasn't. But, you know, he was a nurse or doctor, so he had on white. But either way, those words were said. I never seen him again. Yeah. Yeah. But what he said grabbed me, like his arm grabbed my chest. You know yeah. how a song pulls you? Yeah. But that's how those words did to me. Yeah. And it was like rotating in my mind. You can be as well as you want to be, sick as you want to be. Mm. And for some reason, I just dwelled on those statements. Wow. So every day while I was in the hospital, I'm trying to move. Yeah. Pain or no pain. I was right. trying to move. And one day the doctor came, check on me and all that kind of stuff. And I was trying to Move my leg, trying to move my body, couldn't move, but I was straining so much. And I remember the doctor saying, Yeah, I know it's tough. And he was saying that. He started cheering. But I was trying to sit in my head, but my, my, my legs moved. And I, again, I couldn't talk. Right. And I said, My legs moved. I was sitting in my head. You know? Wow. And I strained so hard, I defecated all over myself. Yeah. I mean, just wow, yeah. everything. So they had the people come and clean me up. But all that time, I kept saying, But I moved. Yeah. And I mean, in those few days, I'm still trying to do the same thing. Yeah. And next time the doctor came, I, I didn't wear I kept straining again to move. And when he leaned over to do the stethoscope, my knees and legs went up and kicked him right in his head. And Whoa. he was so happy. Yeah. I mean, he said, oh, hallelujah. So like wow. That. And then they signed me up for uh, therapy. and Wow. Started, I had to learn how to walk. Yeah. Uh, use my amp. I mean, I was so weak. I couldn't pick up anything. Yeah. Um, and as I progressed through the years, certain parts of my body is affected some way because it's, it's, it's a nerve injury. Yeah. Because I'm going to some nerves. Yeah. Like this side of my face, 
Um, I got my right side. I I got the dexterity. Yeah. Okay. But my left hand, I don't. Okay. Yeah. I got more feeling in my right hand than I do in my left hand. Yeah. My wife teases me sometimes. I'm gonna say, Queen. Yeah. She'll bite my neck, and she'll walk away, and it's like seconds later I feel it. Yeah. And, and she likes it. <laughs> she teases. Me, she'll like bite me. I didn't know she, she bit me. Right. Right. Then I go, oh, right. And, and to this day. Wow. To this day, still okay. the same thing. So I got delayed feeling, and and that re- nerve thing affected my uh, music ability. Okay. You know, because I, I, I um, the frets I can't feel because I played uh, uh, eleven different instruments. Oh my gosh! You know, uh, and then certain part of my memory. Yeah. Shot too because I couldn't. I can't remember them. Um, so I played piano. Yeah. And actually, keyboards wasn't out. Then, you know, right, right. Piano. We, the real instrument. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I like saying that. But uh, I mean, I still know how to read music. Yeah. But I can't remember the positions. Okay. And I had to retrain myself. Yeah. To try to learn that stuff. Yeah. Plus, my left hand can't do the runs. I just can't yeah. feel it. Yeah. And then the rudiments for the drum, it's hard for me to do that. And like I said, the frets and the guitar and violin. Right. It just can't feel it. Right. Very delayed. But either way, um, so those things with the injury done, and it took, I don't know how many years, six, seven years to really get to some level of, of mobility. Yeah. You know, so, and I know um, God raised me up. Yeah. I mean, I know without a doubt. Okay. I was, uh, before I got hit, that, uh, I was on this mountain. Yeah. Where we were. That's where we were. It was on like a mountain, just right. shooting over. We could look over the mountain. I could see the Vietnamese. Naturally, they could see us. Yeah. And there was like a, a rare, so where the sun was, at least the light was on this mountain. Yeah. It brought me immediately back to a dream I had twice when I was a little kid. What? I was on a mountain. Dead bodies was around me. Wow. And whatever I knew about Jesus then was standing on this mountain, square business, with his hand out. I've dreamed that dream twice as an elementary school kid. Wow. But now here I'm on this mountain, bodies were around me, both Vietnamese and because we were in hand, they had combat. Yeah. Both uh, um, Vietnamese and Americans on this mountain. Yeah. Around me before I got shot, but but wasn't the image of Jesus? It was just a shining uh, uh-huh. light uh-huh. at the edge of this mountain, just like it was in the dream. Wow, crazy! It, it is, yeah, it is. And wow. so, uh, so during the process, it was just getting the strength to, to really work through it. But that term statement that that doctor or nurse or angel. Yeah. Said to me, you can be as well as you want to be. Yeah. Or as sick as you want to be. Yeah. And and I've always hinged that on that. Wow. And so, you know, started getting my mobility back. Right. And then it was my wife. We was at a crusade in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. And we was hearing about the word of faith, the thing that's nature is getting involved yeah. in. Yeah. And, and Dr. Frederick Price. Yeah. Was talking about the healing and all that kind of stuff. So while we were sitting there listening, and, and again, I'm in pain. You know, I, it hurts today. You know, so don't stop hurting. Just, right, 
Right. And so my wife just said, uh, you want me to pray for your shoulder? Yeah. I said, yeah. Oh, she said, well, let's agree now. You know, we learned yeah. the word now. Yeah. What is it that you want? My, I wanted to lift my arms up, you know, I wanted because it was hard for me to do anything. Yeah. And, and the pain. So after we prayed, I was good, you know, thing was fine. Nothing happened at the time. Mm. But when I showered, I always had to shower almost like one side because I couldn't lift up the song. Yeah. Because the right one, just couldn't get it up. Yeah. One day, Steve, I'm in the shower. Yeah. And you know, I took the shower and everything. And while I'm drying myself, she heard me shout in the bathroom. Because I was, I was like, I said, oh, I mean, my, oh, what? Without even thinking about yeah. it, my arms was up, yeah. rotating around and moving. I, <laughs> I wow! I shouted in that shower. Wow! Because it was years before I could move my arm. Yeah. Like Tony, man. Man. And so it's been going to continue growing and still in the process of getting better. Yeah. Now I started piano lessons again because I want to. Okay. Get uh, triggered whatever memory was lost. Right. You no. Know, right. Whatever memory. Was lost. So I'm like practicing and getting back because I was some of the church. Y'all gonna hear me play, cause I was a, a classical. Uh, oh my goodness, you you play. are talented. Uh, well, yeah. I was classical, but I yeah. played five different because the, the the saxophone or anything with reeds, I my I can't gather enough muscles mm, okay. to really hold a reed in my mouth. Yeah. Or the trumpet, same thing that has to do with blowing. Yeah, but it, it's better. So that's some pride, that's the Lord. Some that want to play in public, you know. In the church service or whatever. Oh yeah. But now I'm, you know, building not only to get better, but the confidence to you, to you, do it. You mean you're working on that now as well? Now, yeah. Wow. Because I want because whenever you see people playing, like my wife she noticed it naturally. I'm always watching the person on the keyboard. Yeah. Because the deeper side, I feel like I can do it. Yeah. I don't have the confidence. Okay. Yet. Yeah. So I'm practicing to build oh, the confidence. Man. Yeah, that's cool. Because I want to play. Yeah. You know, and so um, that just part of that journey there. Yeah. So I'm still in that process of doing that. Yeah. Plus, you know, I think I might try. I've been in theater in New York City. I've been on stage in theater. I was a song and dance man. Tapping and, and, you know, even the tapping bothered because my knees and the, the um, timing yeah. is, is still a little off. Okay. And that kind of stuff. So. But I'm doing a lot of stuff I enjoy. Yeah. And trying to get to it. I was, I was shocked someone today. I, was, <laughs> I love it. I believe one, I'm just going to shock. The only thing I can't do is play basketball. And I think a lot of his age. Yeah. You know, so I've coached for years, though. Yeah. Tell us about some of your influences yeah. on, I mean, changing. Because you have this ministry, uh, Alms, yes. Alternative Life Moving Strategies. Strategy, yes. That started in New York City. Okay. Because when I naturally came back from the war um, and getting better, but yeah. uh, I went back around my old neighborhood because we always had athletes right? In that, in that neighborhood. And so just needed direction. So uh, to the church I was going to, I would go yeah. back around. And I mean, it was Thug Town. I mean, my, right. <laughs> they can play some ball. Yeah. So what, what I would do, Steve, is – Go around there and disorganize the team. Yeah. And I just come out my own pocket if I had to. And um I would get these kids 
And the thing I, I can talk well in the sense of I I had a gift to talking what I really want to become. Okay. You follow me? Yeah. Say, and yeah. I want to get these kids exposure because he playing the basketball I did do and singing yeah. got me into arenas that I couldn't afford Yeah. on my own. Right. So that exposure broadened your scope yeah. of things, right? Yeah. Because when I was in a, a junior high school, we had a I went to a junior high school that had a profound uh glee club. We were good. Yeah. And singing with them, like I said, got me to arenas yeah. that I, I couldn't afford. Right. And we met some good songwriters and things of this nature yeah. just by being part of that glee club. Yeah. So I enjoyed that. So I wanted to provide that for uh the young Men, mainly, because I didn't do uh, young ladies. Yeah. Young men. If I, and uh, the, the mind, if I could just get them out of the neighborhood, right. they'd be able to see some things. Right. Plus, being a Christian, I wanted them to be exposed to a Christian environment. Mm -hmm. And the statement, meet them where they are, then take mm. them where they need to be. Ooh. I believe that. Ooh, so good. what I would do was get in there, and I made a deal with them that they didn't have the money to finance themselves. But I said, okay, if y'all come to church, I'll take care of everything. No. Yeah, really? whether, yeah. not that I was making all that money, but I, right. was, I worked on Wall Street at the time. Okay. So I was making a pretty good penny. Okay. But uh, that's another story. That okay. Itself, man. okay. Boy, it's my racial stuff, man. But anyway. Okay. I um, would get these boys, gather them up, those who wanted to play, and we were good. And yeah. we will travel in the tri-state area, you know, go to Massachusetts, um, um, you know, Hampshire, um, well, Connecticut. Yeah. Did go to DC and we were playing teams. Ooh. Then I organized this church league in all, cause I belong to this thing called the, um, the American Baptist, was it? Youth group. Okay. It was a Baptist group of eight states. Okay? Wow. Right. Yeah. Eight states. Yeah. So I brought to them how to use athletics as an evangelistic outreach That's awesome. to get their hands in the street. Yeah. You see, so I managed it. They allowed me to manage it. Wow. So we had tournaments in eight states, and then the champions of each of those tournaments would meet wherever the convention oh, was going to be. That is cool. So the, the place was, like, packed. Yeah. That's how I met Gene Banks. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Okay. And so I would uh, take these Duke kids. basketball player. Yeah. yeah. So I would take these kids, again, and play, and the championship was that year was between Philly and New York City. Come on. What a game that was. Come on. You know, that was a game and a half. But either way, I was just happy for yeah. the interaction and the people whose lives we touch. Because, see, the, the youth convention was okay, but they just didn't have the people. Yeah. But by doing the athletic ministry, thousands of folk was turning out. So with that, I kept going to my old neighborhood. Yeah. And and then I moved to Queens. Okay. And started meeting some young kids out there. But I kept the same dynamic because I would mesh some of the kids from Harlem yeah. with some of the kids from Queens. And that's how I got uh to meet Kenny Smith. Okay. He was uh uh he was in elementary school, twelve years. Oh my like gosh. That, right. And I had uh, organized this thing called the Harlem Olympics. What? Kenny might remember it, but You we, organized that? Yeah, we, wow. we did it in the street. Yeah. See, we didn't do it to a track field. Yeah. We did it in the street. Yeah. Right? Come on. And uh, he, Kenny ran the 100. And, and that's the jet. Yeah, because the jet. And so meeting him that way with him into basketball, 
same thing. Met his parents and everything. Wow. I remember telling his parents, I said, he's a special kid. And he's going to go far. And actually, long to keep his head straight, which I know his parents, he's going to keep his head straight. <laughs> and so I'm glad I was there for him to help read. Uh, we're just playing high school. And in the summertime, yeah. he did not make Kenny Anderson, who was younger, and, yeah. oh, and yeah. naturally, uh, Ross Strickland. So yeah. it was like, I, I, Kenny was like, yeah, then Ross Strickland, then Kenny Anderson. Okay. So different age groupings. Yeah. But it was two the same. Um, I guess a method of meeting these kids yeah. where they are yeah. and grouping them with some other kids that have opportunities and want to and provide that for them. Because, see, that's what happened to me. I was able to get into arenas just through basketball. Right. And so, um, and when they, they graduate from high school, I still keep in touch with them. Yeah. And that kind of stuff like that. That's and, amazing. Uh, well, I, I, I like to see that and believe I had a part to play in there. Oh, I know That's you right. did. I know you yeah. did. What are you talking about? And you know it. I had a chance to see him play, you know, being drafted. Oh, yeah. In the NBA and then uh, seeing them every now and then when uh, they do come to town. Because I was in San Antonio at the time. Okay. Even when I left New York. Okay. I got to San Antonio. Man, these are a bunch of ACC guys. I mean, I remember Kenny that, Jet Smith yeah. at Carolina, number, yeah. number 30. Rod went to DePaul. Yeah, see, that's the one. No, I know, but uh, Kenny went to – Anderson went to Georgia went to Tech. Georgia Gene Tech. Banks, Duke. I was going to ask right. you where Strickland went because I didn't remember. He went to, he was uh, from he DePaul. Went to DePaul. He went to DePaul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember watching these guys play. <laughs> well, oh, I, I kept and even times they probably I wrote them too. You know. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. I wrote them. I don't know if they kept the letters. I'm just teasing them, but I, I be, I'm in contact. Our program is like that. Yeah, we still keep in contact with the people that came through it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, hopefully to give back in some way. Right. Uh, some of them do come back and help being more coaches as the program extends. Yeah. But our biggest challenge is always just money. Sure. Finding the uh, money stream. That's ministry, that. right? Yeah. It's unfortunate. But yeah. That would be good. It'll it'll extend our reach to provide. Because my thing was what we want to provide, we want to provide a high-class type yeah. uh, uh, program. Yeah. To compete with, you might call, the money groups. Gotcha. But the registration fee to do that needs to be pretty high, which means I don't want to price them out. Right. So donations helped us to keep okay. it at a reachable right. and affordable right. price. So we were able to get a couple of, of grants Good. to help us to do Good. that. Good, yeah. You know, so so are you still doing uh, alms, alternative life moving strategy? Yeah. You got your shirt on Saints <laughs> and everything right there, San yeah. Marcus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So now my sons, they run it now. Okay. Which, okay. which I'm sorry, because they came through the program too. Yeah, they did. Yes, they did. Because yeah. I have a son, the one that coaches, uh, he's the um, head boys basketball coach at Canyon High School. Yes, sir, he is. Yeah, and yes. he came through the program as well. And boy, could he play. Yeah. And the thing is, um, I, I guess I know how to talk to coaches because yeah. you know the top blue chip guys get all the attention. Right. We seen. I don't want to say we target them, but we wind up being, um, addressed by the underserved, overlooked uh, kids. Uh huh. The role players. Yeah. Right there, and there's a, and the role player pie is larger than the 
blue chip pile. I got you. Yeah. So we do get those that want to play. Like I'm going to meet a kid today, I think, uh, to talk about opportunities. That's what we call the alternative life movies. There's that old saying, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah. It might be, it might not be the conventional red carpet. Right. Of getting right. a kid recruited. Yeah. But if we can find ways, I know a couple of them. One is your skill level. Yeah. Grades, you know. Right. Big time. And the the heart to play. Right. Coaches love sleepers. Yeah. You know, they love to get sleepers because they don't, to compete. And I say babysit, they say, for a kid to get them to your school. Right. They don't really like doing that because they got to spend a lot of money. Right. But the uh, uh, role players, yeah, the ones that no, not everyone is after, but yeah. they're good. Yeah. That's what we really like to deal with. So you identify, you find those, those yeah. kids. Yeah. And then you help them. They could get overlooked. Oh, they, most of them do get overlooked okay. or some don't even realize it will happen for them. Okay. that That's another dynamic. Yeah. They, they may enjoy the game. Right. But it's always for the marquee people, which – Naturally, that's how I thought when I was in school. Yeah. I know it's pretty good, but I didn't think I was like that until his coach came up and said, hey, you really can help our program. Wow. You know, and I thought he was just playing around, you know, because yeah. I didn't get to college. No, I'm telling you, you, you can help our program. Yeah. I'll get you there. So I wow. said, really? You know, and so with that attitude, this is how we talk to the kids and their parents. Yeah, you believe in them. Because if, oh, you, you get the door, get the foot in there. I believe yeah. you can do that. Yeah. Naturally, there's some that will quit along the way. Yeah. But most of them will take that opportunity, which we hope, and run with it. Right. You never know. Where, and I never promise anyone making the pros. Right. That's something that's not up to me. Right. But when you be in the right environment, environment you never know. Because many of the ball players I played with and seen play, yeah. We're better than some of the pros that's out there now. Wow. Them le- playground legends from Rucker Park. Right. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. You talk about raw talent and playing? Yeah. I think Julius Irvin has said that the one guy that he admires, the guy that called him the destroyer, Joe Hammond. Okay. He came at halftime and scored 60 points. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Joe Hammond. And then the biggest game I remember, um, now some of these guys was older, but a guy that called oh, Earl Manigo, you might have. I don't know. Oh, that man, name. Earl Manigo? Okay, okay. That that was the real goat. Earl Manigo. <laughs> uh, and, and you go up there, I mean, he, he's uh, dead now, but uh, you go in Rucker Park and yeah. you mention the name Earl Manigo for the, the rise up to the. That dude could play. He, the, the, he was the Jordan. Yeah. Because he, okay. he, he could fly. Yeah. And could score. Mm. Smooth and silk. Yeah. But there's a lot of guys. Um, one that lives here in San Antonio now, I keep in contact with him, who was a record park. And he was on the uh, Texas Western team. Yeah, now known as UTEP. Never yeah. said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he with, lives here in San Antonio. Uh, right. So what I'm saying is that those kind of uh, opportunities don't get everyone. Right. But if if you're in the right environment, right. you never know when the light may shine right. on you to do that. right. And so other than that, uh, if I feel good when that opportunity, that opportunity can happen. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's like I said, you take the blinders and open them up like this. Yeah. And, the, and so there's a number of kids that became teachers. Great. Some are preachers. Right. You know, good fathers. Yes. And we, and we want to Come mirror, on. we want to mirror that behavior. Yeah. You know, because if their behavior is there. Yeah. What these children will glean. You never know what they're gleaning. Right. And see, that's what I think with my son, 
uh, Paul, matter of fact, all my sons, I'm surprised and amazed at what they've gleaned. Yeah. From just hanging around their dad. Yeah. I go, really? You know, I, <laughs> and some of the most greatest moments is at my dinner table with all my kids. I love, I can sit there and just hear them talk. Yeah. They're, they're good. How many kids you got? Six. Six kids. Yes. Okay. And they, and even that's an error because I didn't think I was going to have any more children because yeah. I got messed up, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, you're a you miracle. It's, you're just a miracle after miracle, aren't you? Praise God. Yeah. I'm telling you. Because, I mean, I, when I, when I get times, even when I talk about it, and it's good therapy for me. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Because um, I can see why a person would go off their rocker. Yeah. Right. You know, because the memories are there. Mm -hmm. The images are there. Mm -hmm. I don't forget. Like I said, this is 50 years ago, Steve. Mm -hmm. And I can still remember yeah. those moments. Yeah. 50 years ago. And this is why it angers me or gets me upset. Yeah. When uh, certain instances or traumas in a person's life mm -hmm. is almost act, the response is almost acting like it never happened. Okay. Okay. See, that's what the the thing that gives you about the racial thing. Okay. You know. Uh-huh. Uh uh is almost acting as if slavery has no impact mm. on things going on today. Mm-hmm. There you go, boy. Mm. And so and that's one of the you say the actual things I'm into now yeah. with the police. Yeah, what's that look like? What are you what are you doing, Pastor? Well, uh one of the things the Lord placed forecasted in my heart yeah. to do after I retired, yeah, is to develop avenues for dialogue, mm. mm -hmm. and that's all he said. But I understand it, yeah. So uh, that's what I'm doing now. Yeah, I'm doing it with the police in in, in my neighborhood. Um, I do it with white pastors, mainly white pastors. Yeah, because what happened that the church endorsed. It becomes in the fabric of society. Mm, that's good. Right. Yeah, so we're breaking yeah. down walls. We yeah. got a group of pastors committed to dialogue, talk about it. It, it, it exposes some things that are untruth. And I love to hear, I did not know that. I yeah. love hearing that yeah. statement. Yeah. And what that does, it increases yeah. a level of understanding, appreciation, you know, empathy. Yeah. It, it does all of that. Yeah. And now we both together can really yeah. put together a plan That's good. to spread it. Yeah. And so um, I'm active that way. But the thing is, let's not ignore history. Right. And that's what happens. Uh, the devil works in darkness. Right. As long as you're keeping things and not approach it. Mm. Uh, I heard a preacher say, um, if you want to dispose of the enemy, you got to expose him. Mm, that's good. So we've yeah. got to be honest with yeah. ourselves about yeah. certain things. That they don't either understand, which I find out that's a most of it. They just don't know. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the kind of dialogue I'm yeah. setting up now with some of the schools. Yeah. And amongst the police. Nothing's going to stop you. Nothing's going to stop well, you. <laughs> well, you, you can't. The yeah. thing you have to talk about it. Yeah. But again, knowing how to share the truth in love. Yeah. Tell me about that. And that, well, that's the truth. There's some tough history to look at. Right. Especially as you deal with things in with cultures. Right. And between the thing they call it black and white, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But there's some truths you got to look at. Yeah. And now we can fix some things. It's just what the doctor does when you say, doctor, my chest is hurting. Yeah. Okay, let's find out what's going on. Right. Okay, and they say, okay, your heart is good. Yeah. Which you're glad to hear. 
But why is it hurting? So he diagnose. Yeah. Look at some stuff. Yeah. Look at some truths. Where's the root of it? Right. Right. Now once I find a root out of it, now we can post something. So and that's what I think what happens is why it's almost uh, uh racial issues continue to be perpetuated almost out of ignorance. Steve. Mm. They just mm. don't know they're yeah. doing it. Yeah. So you gotta talk. Right. You know what the scripture tells us. Let out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Right. Let every word be established. Right. Why do you do that? Scripture also tells us, though it costs you a lot, get an understanding. Yeah. You know, wisdom is the main thing. Right. But get an understanding. How to get understanding? You got to talk about it. Right. When you're when you're hearing from some of these pastors mm-hmm. that man, I just didn't know that or whatever. I mean, what do you what are you sharing that they're saying like, I'm man, I just didn't know. Well, can you think of some? Well, yeah. Uh, one is something just recently, the massacre that took place in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. It's not actually taught in school. No. And many of the pastors don't know that that even took place. Mm-hmm. Uh, some feel that it was just some story made up. Mm-hmm. So I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. So great, now let's yeah. let's take a look at this. Yeah. How did it come about? What happened? Mm-hmm. Now it brings a level where we got to talk about some stuff. Right. Uh and so if there's a repentant or lamenting over something, mm. that brings folk closer together. Okay. Instead of putting up, you know, the Dracula cross and like, you know, just back off. Right. I don't even want to talk about that. But yet, if you mm-hmm. don't talk about it, mm-hmm. it just leaves more seeds out there yeah. to perpetuate the very thing you're trying to get rid of. Yeah. That's good. You know? Yeah. And so uh, the President Biden it's amazing that he's the only president that I know of in my lifetime that ever even talked about the massacre. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And and as we talk about it, we will learn that it's not about what white folk, white people will lose; it's about we, what we all will gain. Mm. But if you got this feeling, I'm trying to take something from you. Yeah. What What is the only thing you do if someone's trying to take something from you that you feel is yours? Right. You go for protection right. and defense. Right. And so we never the twain shall meet. Yeah. And so what I'm doing is creating, as the Lord told me to do, yeah. just create avenues of dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. He said, that's all he said. Now, I'm finding the blessing out of just being obedient. Yeah. Because that's all I'm doing. Yeah. But I need to come prepared. Yeah. Because I'm not going to walk around thinking that I know everything because I don't. Right. And and I, I, I was exposed to uh, Jim Crow. Yeah. You know, racist stuff. Yeah. So naturally, there's some conditioning that I've grown up with. Sure. You know? Sure. Yeah. And so I don't want to think that I've, I've overcome it all. Yeah. But I'm willing to let's talk about this stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, the fact is there were signs. And the, the thing I'm saying, let's not act like what had taken place in the early years mm-hmm. has no impact mm-hmm. on today. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm making sense. You are. You are. (laughs) And that's all I'm saying. Let's not act like it don't. Right. Right. You know, a person eating salt all the time, sooner or later, you're going to have some blood pressure. Right. Situations. Right. Some blood situations. Right. Well, why are my blood pressure so high? Right. Yeah. (laughs) How much salt do you eat? Yeah. Some salt their food before they even taste it. Yeah. So now, now that we know that. Now we can make some adjustments. Right. That's all I'm saying. Right, right. And so I believe if there's a um, someone from the 
Caucasian, even where the word, where, where the word Caucasian came from. Yeah. You know, I mean, just those kind of conversations. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it blows their mind to know where it comes from. But we got to have those conversations. Yeah. Then we can a, 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 come to a better agreement on our narrative. Right. Right. I That's gave good. a class, a paper on all the inventions that um, blacks have yeah. done. Yeah. Totally surprised. I mean, this. Yeah. No, they, you know, you got some that don't want to. No, they didn't. Yeah. You know, because there's still some that believe that. Not every, now I want to define my terms. As I was saying, I think it was uh, uh, Voltaire said that. If you want to talk with me first, mm. define your terms. Mm, yeah. And so this what I seek to do. So when I say um, white people, I'm mainly talking about the ones that are racist. Mm. You see, mm-hmm. you my point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. when I yeah, do yeah. say white person, I'm not talking to you. Right, right, right. Those who have that ideology. I see. That, that to them, blacks, which I met some, and some of them were preachers. Right. Oh, yeah. That when you deal with talk about equality, they have a tough time with that. Yeah. So you mean you and I can't be equal, although we'll agree now. Right. That we're both creators of God. Right. We're creators of God. Right. Yes, we are. Okay, then. Am I less than you? Yeah. Wow. And when I hear that pause, I know that's how they feel. It should be the immediate. No, you're not. Of course. But when they pause, there's a message there. Even if they pause and go, no, we're equal. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. You had to think about that? <laughs> right. And, there are, and that's not everybody. Right. But right. if I don't at least admit, no, I, I did have some yeah. racial issues. There. Right. Help me out. Now we can yeah, see yeah. reconciling is that's a reconciling. Right. Let's let's look at where we are off kilter. Right. And and this is amongst the church who I'm really talking to. Right, sure. But that's a lot Tony Doodle. Develop those levels of dialogue amongst the church. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone else I don't really talk to that much. Right. right. But it's with those Yeah. Right. Because once the church endorses something, it becomes into the fabric mm, of society. Mm, man. And look at racism. The Ku Klux Klans were made up of a lot of mm-hmm. deacons and right. ministers. Right. From the church. Yeah. You know? So we had so it's in the church. God says I'm I'm judging the church first. Right. And the reason is because we're the ones that's endorsing this thing that has nothing to do with justice. Right. It's personal issues. And what makes me feel like I'm on top of the hog, yeah, then low, yeah. So it's going right to the meat or the root, right, of the issues. And that's basically what I'm doing now, yeah. this yeah. day, because yeah. I'm meeting one of the police chiefs tomorrow. Yeah, that's so we can do it right because their great. question is, why is there's a disconnect between the citizens and the police? Right. Do you really want to know? Mm-hmm. So this is, yes, let's talk. Right. okay. I'm I'm going to show you where it's at. Right. And right. now, once we see the paper on the floor, mm-hmm. we can pick the paper up. That's good. You know, so that's, that's good. where my angle is now. Wow, man, Pastor. You know, yeah, but those things, plus the things you see in the military, like when in the Marines, when we fought a targeted and known enemy, yeah, we fought together. Yeah. But once the battle was over, yeah, whites went to their the mm. area and blacks. Mm. Very seldom ever really communicating with each other. Yeah. 
It was amazing. I mean, just seeing those kind of things. Right. And so with that, uh, all that experience and stuff like that, how do I use it for the benefit of the yeah. kingdom? Yeah, that's good. Oh, man. That's I hope good. it's good. It well, is you know. good. Obedience is always good. I mean, well, you know. I want. I hate racism. Yeah. I'll yeah. be honest with you. Right. I hate anything that separates um, the family of God. Yes. Or yeah. the, the kingdom principles I do. Right. And very few, even Christians, really see that Jesus dealt with Injustice. Right. And when people talk about Christians, what's Christianity? Christians, Christ-likeness? Right. Well, if he was a champion for righteousness mm-hmm. or justice, so should we. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so if folk claim and say that Christians, even those that's in the, I don't know, we, this is part of what you want to talk about. I guess you can exit out if you want to. <laughs> but if you look at the uh, the way our government Runs mm-hmm. and those who claim to be Christians, mm-hmm. and see hearing some of the stances that they take. Yeah, that's that's. You, as, you know, I want to ask them, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, and then claim to be Christian. Right, that's not Christ likeness. Right, so they can say all men are created equal, mm-hmm. and that they are endowed by the Creator with certain inalienable rights, and one of the rights of life, living in pursuit of average. We can say that, mm-hmm. but is it practiced? Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. And that's all I'm saying. So if it's not practice, then you really don't believe that. Right. Right. That's good. All that's right. all I'm saying. Yeah. That's good. That's good, Pastor. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that's good. Well, and, and, well, like I said, I mean, we I can go for two hours. I mean, t- <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm going to ask you to close us in prayer. We got, oh, you're uh, done? Okay. We got well. We've been we've been going an hour and six minutes. Yeah. You serious? Yeah, yeah. How long did you think we were going? <laughs> I don't know. It looked felt like twenty minutes to good. me. Good. <laughs> That's good. That's what we want. So, is there any last thing on your heart? To uh, uh, I mean, yeah. You thought it was twenty minutes? I was cutting you off. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. I I appreciate the opportunity. You know. Oh um, man, I appreciate you coming and sharing this, Pastor. Not knowing what. Come out! I don't even know what to come out of it. I just hope that I don't either. Whatever God wants. If anyone who hears this, yes. I do. Like I told a lot of folk, I don't make myself hard to reach. Yeah. If, if we can help, be a, a mediator, a reconciler. That's yeah. my whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the way to reconcile is like you balance your bank book. You got to look at the debits and the credits. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> to get it to zero. That's good. You know, and so let's let's do that. Yeah. And let's not lie to ourselves. That's good. Man, that's good. Mm-hmm. How um people can always get a hold of me if they're listening to the podcast, Steve at verybold.com. Steve at verybold.com. And if they don't get if they need to get a hold of you, I'll get them in contact with you. Is there an easy way that they could get a hold of you? Well, uh, do I have an email? You know, I, I'm not uh, orchestrated yet to Instagram and yeah, 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 Twitter and all that stuff at all. But I, I, I don't mind giving my email out. If okay, they sure. To. Yeah. It's well. a pastor uh-huh. dot Bunton. That's B U N T as in Tom, Y as in Yankee, which <laughs> N as in November. That's B U N T Y N. Yeah. Pastor dot Bunton at A L C C S M. Dot O-R-G. Okay. All right. If they didn't get that, 
because uh, they weren't writing down. They can just yeah. go back, scrub, and listen again, or just email me, okay. steveatverybold.com. I will get you in contact with Pastor Paul Bunton. <laughs> uh, man, I really appreciate you coming and sharing um, both oh. your stories and uh, you being a miracle, and the miracles continue with what God is calling you to do. And, uh, man, we're grateful for you. I want to ask you if you would kind of close out just praying however God leads you to pray. Yeah, Yeah, thank you, Pastor. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, first of all, for this opportunity to exercise one of the instruments that you allowed to be created here in the earth. That's why I believe that you said the same works that you did, greater works, shall we do? Mm-hmm. Because you go to our Father, but you provided the minds to put something together just like this microphone, podcast, radio, mm-hmm. TV, to get your gospel and message across for your life of righteousness, peace. Mm-hmm. So I thank you, Master, for that privilege. Thank you for Steve and mm-hmm. the group that are, granted the privilege for me to be here. Thank you for the Lord, the opportunity to pray for our nation, that people who sits in high places, oh, Holy Spirit, that they'll be sensitive to what I believe was planted in them when they were children, to water on it and bring back to fruition, to exercise what is right, what is wrong according mm. to what you say. And I pray, O oh God, for this nation, and as we progress, those churches that are established under your name, mm. and all those who confess you to be Lord and Savior, mm. will seek to live it, speak it, and to live it, to impact our society, that mm. folk will want to get to know who you are. Yes. I say this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Thank you. All right. right. I'm going to just sign off with the scripture. You know, today I put the Very Bold Ministry sign behind you, and it's appropriate because uh, God's called me to be very bold, but obviously he's called you to be very bold, and that's what you're doing. And that comes out of 2 Corinthians 3.12. In just a minute, I'll sign off. Um, Thanks, Mark, for all your great work today. As always, appreciate you. Uh, But Paul talks about the the hope that we have, and that's what leads to being very bold. And so um, I want to encourage anybody listening, if you have any questions or prayers, or, again, you want to get in contact with Pastor Paul Bunton, um, to reach out to me, Steve at VeryBold.com. I'll be glad and honored. Maybe God is moving on your heart and God is saying, hey, I want to be a part of that dialogue. And I don't know what that looks like yet, but if you'll reach out to me, I'm going to get you in contact with him. Yeah. Uh, maybe there's some other way just God is softening your heart. I, I don't know. But, uh, man, uh, I appreciate you all being here and being open to the leading of the Spirit and what God is guiding you to do. This is the the understanding that, man, we have such a great hope just that Jesus is with us each and every day, win the day, right? Jesus is with us. How are we going to win the day today? And maybe it's something along these lines. Maybe it's something that God is putting on your heart. How are you going to win each day today? 
And so um, I want to remind you just the great hope that we have, that Jesus Christ, that God sent his son for you to reconcile, to, man, to save us from ourselves, to save us from all that garbage, all that stuff, to bring us into his kingdom, into his family. And that's what he did when you believed. And now he has work for us to do. Pastor just retired from church, but he didn't retire from his calling He's, he's still going strong and stronger, and we're excited to be a part of that. So that hope that we have, that God is with you, that he works all things out for your good, even the hard stuff. And that's how big and powerful and loving and compassionate and merciful he is. But he's also the God of justice, and he wants to use you as an agent of justice to bring about love and reconciliation. Yeah. That's exciting. Man, that's exciting. You get to do that in some way. Uh, so that's just exciting. That's the hope that we have. We, man, I, I look forward to when we're in, man, we're in heaven and man, that stuff is healed. And man, we are, we are seeing him as he is and we are changed, but advancing the kingdom of God and becoming more Christ-like starts today. That's supposed to look like that down here. So we we don't we can't wait for that stuff. We can't wait. Well, God is calling us to make a difference. So that includes you, I believe. That's a incredible hope that we have. This is what Paul wrote. I'll sign off. Mark will get us out of here. Second Corinthians three twelve. Paul says, "Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold." Very bold radio and podcast with your host Steve Teal bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. 